Chapter 11 of The Missing Bride This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Missing Bride by E. D. E. N. Southworth Chapter 11 Dell Delight it should have been an enchanting home to which Thurston Wilcoxen returned after his long sojourn in Europe. The place, Dell Delight, might once have deserved its euphonious and charming name. Now, however, its delightfulness was as purely traditional as the royal lineage claimed by its owners. Mr. Wilcoxen was one of those whose god is mammon. He had inherited money married a half-sister of Commodore Wall for money, and made money, year by year from youth to age, adding thousands to thousands, acres to acres, until now, at the age of ninety-five, he was the master of incalculable riches. He had outlived his wife and their three children, and his nearest of kin were Thurston Wilcoxen, the son of his eldest son, Cloudsley Mornington, the son of his eldest daughter, and poor Fanny Laurie, the child of his youngest daughter. Thurston and Fanny had each inherited a small property independent of their grandfather. But poor Cloudy had been left an orphan in the worst sense of the word, destitute and dependent on the cold charity of the world, or the bitter and bitterer alms of unloving rich relatives. The oldest and nearest kinsman and natural guardian of the boys, old Mr. Wilcoxen, had of course received them into his house to be reared and educated, but no education would he afford the lads beyond that dispensed by the village schoolmaster, who could very well teach them that ten dimes make a dollar, and ten dollars an eagle, and who could also instruct them how to write their own names, for instance, at the foot of receipts of so many hundreds of dollars for so many hogsheads of tobacco, or to read other men's signatures to it upon the backs of notes of hand, payable at such a time or on such a day. This was just knowledge enough, he said, to teach the boys how to make and save money, yet not enough to tempt them to spend it foolishly in travel, libraries, pictures, statues, arbors, fountains, and such costly trumpery and expensive tomfoolery. To Thurston, who was his favorite, probably because he bore the family name and inherited some independent property, Mr. Wilcoxen would, however, have afforded a more liberal and gentlemanly education, could he have done so, and at the same time decently withheld it from going to some expense in giving his penniless grandson, Cloudy, the same privilege. As it was, he sought to veil his parsimony by conservative principle. It was a great humiliation to the boys to see that, while all the youths of their own rank and neighborhood were entered pensioners at the local college, they, too, alone were taken from the little day school to be put to agricultural labor, a thing unprecedented in that locality at that time. 
When this matter was brought to the knowledge of Commodore Waugh, as he strode up and down his hall, the indignant old sailor thumped his heavy stick upon the ground, thrust forward his great head, and swore furiously by the whole pandemonial hierarchy that his grandnephews should not be brought up like clodhoppers. And straightway he ordered his carriage, threw himself into it, and rode over to Charlotte Hall, where he entered the name of his two young relatives as pensioners at his own proper cost. This done, he ordered his coachman to take the road to Del Delight, where he had an interview with Mr. Wilcoxen. And as he met little opposition from the old man, who seemed to think it was no more than fair that the boy's uncle should share the expense of educating them, he sought out the youths whom he found in the field, and bade them leave the plough, and go and prepare themselves to go to college and get educated, as befitted the grandnephews of a gentleman. The lads were at that time far too simple-minded and too clannish to feel their pride piqued at this offer, or to take offense at the rude manner in which it was made. Commodore Waugh was their granduncle, and therefore had a right to educate them, and to be short with them too, if he pleased. That was the way in which they both looked at the matter, and very much delighted and very grateful they were for the opening of education thus made for them and very zealously they entered upon their academical studies. They boarded at the college and roomed together, but their vacations were spent apart, Thurston spending his at Dell Delight and Cloudy his at Luckenough. When the academical course was completed, Commodore Waugh, as has been seen, was at some pains to give Cloudy a fair start in life, and for the first time condescended to use his influence with the department to procure a favor in the shape of a midshipman's warrant for Cloudsley Mornington. In the meantime, old Mr. Wilcoxen was very gradually sinking into the imbecility natural to his advanced age, and his fascinating grandson was gaining some ascendancy over his mind. Year by year this influence increased though it must be admitted that Thurston's conquest over his grandfather's whims was as slow as that of the Hollanders in winning the land from the sea. However, the old man, now that Cloudy was provided for and off his hands, lent a more willing ear to the petition of Thurston to be permitted to continue his education by a course of studies at a German university, and afterward by a tour of the eastern continent. Thurston's absence was prolonged much beyond the original intention, as has been related. He spent two years at the university, two in travel, and nearly two in the city of Paris. His grandfather would certainly never have consented to this prolonged absence, had it been at his own cost. But the expenses were met by advances upon Thurston's own small patrimony. And, in fact, when at last the young man returned to his native country, it was because his property was nearly exhausted, and his remittances were small, few, and far between, grudgingly sent, and about to be stopped. Therefore, nearly penniless, but perfectly free from the smaller debt or degradation, elegant, 
accomplished, fastidious, yet truthful, generous, gallant, and aspiring, Thurston left the elegant salons and exciting scenes of Paris for the comparative dullness and dreariness of his native place and his grandfather's house. He had reached his legal majority just before leaving Paris, and soon after his arrival at home he was appointed trustee of poor Fanny Laurie's property. His first act was to visit Fanny in the distant asylum in which she was confined, and ascertain her real condition. And having heard her pronounced incurable, though perfectly harmless, he determined to release her from the confinement of the asylum, and to bring her home to her native county, where among the woods and hills and streams she might find at once that freedom, space and solitude so desired by the heart-sick or brain-sick, and where also his own care might avail her. Old Mr. Wilcoxen, far from offering opposition to this plan, actually favored it, though from the less worthy motive of economy. What was the use of spending money to pay her board and nursing and medical attendance in the asylum, when she might be boarded and nursed and doctored so much cheaper at home? For the old man confidently looked forward to the time when the poor, fragile, failing creature would sink into the grave, and Thurston would become her heir. And he calculated that every dollar they could save of her income would be so much added to the inheritance when Thurston should come into it. Very soon after Thurston's return home, his grandfather gave him to understand the conditions upon which he intended to make him his heir. They were two in number. First, that Thurston should never leave him again while he lived, and secondly, that he should never marry without his consent. For I don't wish to be left alone in my old age, my dear boy, nor do I wish to see you throw yourself away upon any girl whose fortune is less than the estate I intend to bequeath entire to yourself. End of chapter 11